Hello, and welcome to People of the Pod, brought to you by American Jewish Committee. Each week, we take you beyond the headlines to help you understand what they all mean for America, Israel, and the Jewish people. I'm your host, Manya Brashear-Pashman. As the pause in fighting between Israel and Hamas terrorists nears its expiration on Thursday, Hamas continues to hold hostage 160 people. 80, including 61 women and children, have been released during the pause. In exchange, Israel has freed 180 Palestinian prisoners. Lieutenant Colonel Avital Leibovich, director of AJC Jerusalem, joins us from Israel now for an update. Avital, welcome to People of the Pod, and how are you? Thank you for having me. I am doing well, considering the fact that we are in a war here in Israel. Uh, my biggest concern at this time uh, is the well-being of my family. My son is in the army. My daughter is in reserve duty. So that's my number one concern. And of course, the well-being of Israel, the safety and security of Israel. So Avital, what does this pause mean? Uh, what is what is being accomplished during this time? So the pause is something that Hamas pressured Israel and pressured Israel because the military pressure was quite significant. The pause allows a few things to happen. Number one, we, Israel, will receive hostages. And in return, Israel will free from prison women and youth that were involved in different planning of terror attacks or executed themselves terror attacks. And that's one thing. The second thing I would say is time for Hamas to regroup. That's for their benefit. This pause allows them to regroup, rearm, uh, reposition themselves. The third thing, and I'm going back to Israel, also allows Israeli army to better prepare, to rearm, to place itself in the right positioning, and then be ready for the next stage, which is resumption of the fighting. And do you expect that fighting to resume right away, or do you do you think that Israel would like to to extend the pause as long as possible in order to get as many hostages back as possible? Yesterday there were meetings between. Actually, it was a very interesting meeting in Qatar. In the meeting, we had the uh, head of the Egyptian intelligence, the head of the uh, Israeli Mossad, and the Qatari representative, and the American, uh, the head of the CIA, the American CIA. And in this meeting, the discussion evolved on a few more days of pause, and in return, Hamas will release a few more hostages. So right now, Israel has said that it agrees to a few more days of a pause, but we're only talking about a few more days. The ultimate goal of this war is to eliminate Hamas government in Gaza. And in order to change that government, in order to bring some sort of a new future to this region, to Israel, to Gaza, to the Palestinians living in Gaza, this takes time. So the fighting, I assume, will take a long time. It's going to be a long time because 
Gaza has been built underground and above the ground in such a way that requires inch by inch very careful work. A lot of the uh, facilities are booby-trapped. Uh, there is a huge array of tunnels underground which are very long uh, with junctions. Uh, some of the tunnels can even have cars inside. So this has to be a very, very careful job. We have a lot of soldiers inside Gaza right now. And so this pause, I would say, is temporary. What are we learning from the hostages who are being released? That's the most heartbreaking issue. We're learning a few things. The first thing is they had to speak very, very quietly among themselves. Of course, I'm referring to those who had other hostages with them. But those who had other hostages with them had to whisper. And how do we know this? Because some of the kids are still whispering today. Some of the kids that have been held as hostages and just returned from captivity, they're still whispering. Another thing we know is that they had very little food, very little quantities of food. Uh, which also brings a lot of worries here in Israel because there are many elderly people held. Uh, there's still a baby inside and toddlers and a few other children. So the nutrition issue obviously is quite critical. The third thing we learned is that some of them were held in complete seclusion. One of the children that returned two days ago is a 12-year-old boy by the name of Eitan Yahalomi. His father was murdered. His mother is still alive. And he actually was in a room by himself for at least two weeks. And imagine for a 12-year-old to be in a, uh, this kind of in hostile environment on his own without anybody to communicate underground most of the time. That's quite scary. We also know that they had very poor hygiene conditions, no running water, very, very minimal toilet facilities. We also know they never received any medical care and attention, no medicine, no doctors, nothing of that sort. And the last thing we know is that most of the time they were held underground, in an underground facility, uh, different sizes of rooms, and uh, all of these things are just a small indication of the cruelty of this terror organization called Hamas. Congress is debating whether to send aid to Israel to support Israel in the war. How important is it at this point? I think it's very important. First of all, I do want to say that the, the support that Israel received from the U.S. until now is it's unbelievable. Uh, the fact that there are, on the military side, the fact that there are aircraft carriers here in the region and a uh, plane filled with different kinds of ammunition, uh, that sends a very strong message of both deterrence and strength to the enemies in the region. And second, on the political, more strategic level, the voting, the vetoing of the different proposals on the Security Council in the UN, the multiple visits, starting from President Biden to Secretary of State Blinken, which is supposed to arrive uh, here uh, tomorrow, 
and also appointing a special envoy uh, to this specific situation that we have here in the region. So all of these things speak volumes. So yes, I think it's very significant to Israel and also the future decisions will be significant. Look, being at war for such a long time and 53 days have passed already, uh, has serious precautions on the on different issues. Uh, economy is one of them. Uh, obviously, tourism has stopped. Small businesses have affected, have been affected, and, and many other sectors as well. So that aid would be very, very significant to Israel. I'm also curious about the security situation in the West Bank. We were so focused on terrorism coming from the West Bank um, before this happened. What is the situation there now, especially as hostages are being released? It's a good question, because from where I'm sitting, the West Bank at this point of time is another front that Israel has to deal with at this specific moment. We have a serious challenge with the fact that the Palestinian Authority does not really have governance in many areas in the West Bank. And as a result of that, there are different kinds of terror groups. Hamas is one of them, but it's not the only one, trying to recruit Palestinians to commit different terror attacks. The second side of it is a lot of incitement, which is really flooding the social media platforms uh, and uh, also has an effect on the mood on the streets, on, on the mood of young people and others as well. So the IDF, the Israeli Defense Forces, actually almost on a daily basis, needs to enter certain areas where there is no presence, unfortunately, of any Palestinian policemen and actually arrest those terrorists on the ground. And I think in the last 50 days or so, the IDF has arrested more than 1,000 people that have been suspicioned with uh, some kind of planning or plotting terror attacks against Israelis. And this does not seem to quiet down, I have to say. So so I am concerned of, of this front uh, at this point of time. Hamas is, oh, by the way, investing a lot of time and effort because Hamas's interest is, of course, to create a lack of stability here in Israel. So part of that uh, is the instability is... Uh, trying to influence what's going on in the West Bank and trying to get people out of the streets, um, either protesting against IDF or committing some sort of terror acts against Israelis. So that's really an issue of concern for us. We talked about the importance of American aid. Are there other countries that are showing significant support that have been really vital in this war? I think that we've seen some very important gestures of support by uh, European leaders from the Czech Republic, from Bulgaria, from the UK, from France, from Japan, uh, from other countries. But I think the number one uh, country in Europe that really stood up and is still standing up uh, uh, supporting Israel very, very strongly is maybe Germany. Um, and yesterday, the president of Germany visited Israel and visited one of the uh, kibbutzes, a kibbutz called Be'eri. 
And a lot of the houses there were burnt and, and, and dozens of people were murdered and others were kidnapped. And he was so touched and moved uh, that he said that, that the, the government of Germany intends to, to donate 7 million euros just for the rebuilding and renovating of, of this community. But there are other countries as well. And I think Israel uh, has been well supported by the international community. However, the challenge still lays ahead because we are not at the end of this war. And in order to eliminate Hamas, we need more time. And as this time uh, progresses, there will be a lot more pictures, which are not pleasant because pictures from wars are not pleasant pictures. And this may have an impact on different kinds of world leaders. And so we have to continue and explain and gain that legitimization so that Israel could complete its goal and continue to defend itself. I know in conversations with AJC Berlin's director, Remco Limhus, he brought delegations of, of German officials to Israel, and that has made quite a difference, I think, to see it firsthand. Have there been other delegations from other countries so we have hosted here in Israel four delegations with very short notice. I have a great staff in the office and they were able to uh, create an itinerary, which I think is, is very experiential on one hand, but on the other hand, it's also quite touching because how many people in such leadership positions really have the opportunity to, to really be on the ground and, and see the situation as it is. So we had here three parliamentarian delegations from European countries, East and Western Europe. Uh, and we also had here the head of the, uh, the chair of the uh, uh, Foreign Affairs and Security Committee of the German parliament. And I met uh, those three parliamentary delegations and, and I briefed them. And I have to say that with all the information that is out there today in 2023 via internet and platforms and social media, still there is not a full understanding of the situation. So taking these participants on the ground, showing them those areas, those communities that have been affected and taking them to, to a base that has been turned into a morgue uh, where uh, even today, more than 80 bodies and body parts are still remain identified because of the terrible condition that, that uh, they, uh, they came with. Um, and then explain to them the extent of the atrocities. You can only really get it when you're on the ground. Avital, once this pause expires, and I know it's unclear when that will be, but you've made it clear that it's inevitable, what comes next? I think we are heading into a very difficult time ahead because once we finish the hostage exchange kind of agreements, then Israel will have to return to the actual fighting part. And Hamas, which is a very bitter psychological warfare enemy, will continue and try to uh, stop this fighting in different psychological ways, Israeli leadership will have to take here tough decisions. Whether you are, whether the country agrees, for example, just I'll give you just one idea of such a dilemma. 
let's say Hamas tomorrow morning or in three days' time says, complete and finish the fighting altogether, stop for the next five years, hold your fire for the next five years, and in return, we will return all the, uh, the hostages. Then what? Then what do you do as a country? What kind of, of decision will the government take? Will it still continue the fighting to eliminate Hamas? Or will it say, okay, the life of the hostages are more important and therefore we are canceling the original goal and stopping the fighting? I don't think that will happen. But those kind of dilemmas, I think, will escort Israeli leaders in the next couple of days. I think there will be tough, very tough questions ahead uh, that Israel will need to deal with. Another issue that we haven't discussed uh, is the northern arena. Um, you know, Hamas is a tough enemy, is a cruel enemy. It has possesses something like 20,000 rockets, which you use more or less a half, maybe a bit more. But Hezbollah is a totally different ballgame in terms of capabilities, in terms of uh, military capabilities, in terms of ammunition, precise ammunition, and so on. And what will be the policy vis-a-vis Hezbollah? And this is also a question Israel will need to uh, ask itself, and, and I'm sure the next week or two will uh, have an indication where, where this country is heading. There is one thing that is clear to all of us here in Israel, that we cannot go back to the same situation that exists here on October 6, 53 days ago. That situation must be changed. Avital, thank you so much for joining us and giving us an update. Thank you for the opportunity. If you missed our last episode, be sure to tune in for my conversation with two Jewish students about the anti-Semitism and threats they faced on their respective college campuses since October 7th. Thank you for listening. This episode is brought to you by AJC. Our producer is Atara Lakritz. Our sound engineer is TK Broderick. You can subscribe to People of the Pod on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts, or learn more at ajc.org slash peopleofthepod. The views and opinions of our guests don't necessarily reflect the positions of AJC. We'd love to hear your views and opinions or your questions. You can reach us at peopleofthepod at ajc.org. If you've enjoyed this episode, please be sure to tell your friends, tag us on social media with hashtag peopleofthepod, and hop on to Apple Podcasts to rate us and write a review to help more listeners find us. Tune in next week for another episode of People of the Pod.